if we are couch potatoes and we are very unfit and we decide that we want to go to the gym and get fit, we understand that it's going to be a process. We're mm-hmm. not going to work out one day and now we're fit and we're done and that's it forevermore. Nor are we going to go from where we are, see the dudes curling the big 20 kilo you know, dumbbells and think, oh, I'm going to go pick that up. We probably wouldn't even be able to lift it from the table. And if we did, we'd have injury. Welcome to Into the Light Podcast. This is where we will be discussing and exploring all things Ascension. Ascension journey, Ascension journey mapping, and understanding how we can deepen and increase our spiritual and healing journey, along with understanding concepts around the global consciousness awakening that's happening, quantum energy healing, personal growth and enlightenment, trauma healing, and so much more as we learn together from experts in the field. I'm your host, Adina Movana, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Let's dive in. For those of you who don't know, um, today I'm, I'm talking with Suzanne Kohlberg. She is the NOPE coach, and Suzanne is helping overgivers and people pleasers learn to set boundaries and say no without feeling like a B-I-T-C-H word. (laughs) And Suzanne is known for being really direct and all of her wacky t-shirts. She lives in Sydney, Australia with her husband and two awesome children. And we've gotten to know each other a little bit here over the past couple months. And I actually saw Suzanne, you, I I first saw you when you, a couple months ago, I was listening into the Unity Consciousness event with Kristen Bilecki and that was awesome and she was interviewing at that you at that time so I thought it'd be great to have you here on our embodied ascension a unity consciousness and quantum leap program so thank you so much for being here today thank you for having me yeah awesome well I'm excited to dig in and get started we're going to talk about all things well saying no obviously and what that means to me is really just working on our like healthy boundaries right that seems to be the the keywords that people are talking about with with relationships with parenting with whatever that might be it all, it's involving us being aware of our boundaries and creating healthy environments for our own mental health and and operating systems so <laughs> so that's why i think this is super important And I know for me recently, even just today and the last week or so, I've been really struggling with asserting healthy boundaries because I'm in, I'm in relationships where previously there have not been healthy boundaries. And then there's like turmoil and triggers going on and chaos happening and separation and all of those things are needing to occur right in this process of of like learning the boundary right creation process it it, it seems to be challenging for everyone wouldn't you say (laughs) oh yeah and particularly at this time of year coming into the holidays and Christmas and New Year tensions can be high and like you just need to go to the shops or supermarket or whatever you call it and you see some real drama happening and yeah. so, yeah, People the are time fighting of the year, over everything. <laughs> that Hallmark shows is this perfect picture, perfect family. And then we're like, what's wrong with me? Because my life isn't anything remotely like that. I know. Well, we all have that social media syndrome where we see one thing and I'm guilty of that too. We're posting all the great pictures and people are like, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, really though? My life feels like it's spiraling out of control, at least in certain areas, not all areas, thank God. But But really, when it comes to like interpersonal relationships, and I was, I actually am, I had a divorce about six years ago. So I've been dating and serious relationships and all these things. And that's really where I know for me, that's where I started to learn about my triggers. And like now with the new people, obviously had my ex-husband and all that whole thing. But then when you start to really go into this awareness of your patterning behaviors, I feel like that's really when a lot of this stuff comes up, right? And and I love how you said, yeah, I love how you said the holiday season is especially just triggering on its own for a lot of people, right? Yeah, so how do you feel like your work, like how did you come to this work? I'm actually just curious how you became a NOPE coach and like what happened with you, you particularly that really got you 
passionate about helping not only, I guess you work with men and women, but primarily I think you're, you're, you're helping women through a lot of this stuff. How did you end up getting here yourself? Well, they say you teach what you most need to know so that you can know it. So I, yeah, I had very poor, if not non-existent boundaries and I was perpetually overgiving and people pleasing And if I'm honest, because we don't often want to admit to the things that are in our shadow or we don't realize because they're in our shadow, perpetually resentful (laughs) and would keep this kind of tally in my mind. It's like, I've done so much for you without communicating this or asking this or them even offering. So like, when is it going to be my turn? Like when's this checks and balances situation? And then when I was in times of need, because there was another thing too, I was always the first to offer to help, but I would never ask for anything. And if I eventually got to the place where I was really distraught and asked and people said no, I'd be like, what do you mean no? Like, because I would never say no. And the famous, after all I've done for you. So it was like, yeah, something's not right here. And then, yeah, basically started to explore my boundaries, started to really dive into why was it okay for me to help everybody all the time? but never ask for anything. Like if I, I was like, cause I'd be like, Oh, I don't want to be a burden. And I'm like, well, what am I unconsciously saying about the people that I help? If I don't want to ask because I'm a burden. And I remember that was uh, going through that with my own coach. I was like, Oh, that's so uncomfortable. Like I don't even want to go there, but like realizing that if you're letting people down and disappointing people at the sake of like not disappointing myself, it was, it was totally a thing. And yeah, I just, I was already a coach at the time I used to coach weight loss mindset and I pivoted my business from that to setting boundaries and saying no. Right, right. Well, that's amazing to hear how you kind of evolved in your own coaching business and really focused on this issue particularly. And I think you mentioned a little bit how you were kind of living this life of eternal resentment, I think you said. And I, I remember when I was listening to you speak before, I think you, you mentioned some, you were talking a little bit about like the importance of choosing discomfort, right? Over this perpetual resentment. It's like we have, we kind of have one choice or another. And I feel like, yeah, how does that, how does that work? Because we don't want to be, be, we don't want to go either way sometimes, right? You just, you, you don't know what to do. And, and, and how, how do we, how do we go from being perpetually resentful to then moving moving into these areas where it's just really uncomfortable? That's such a great question. So Brene Brown says that quote, choose discomfort over resentment. And I binged read more than once all of her books and I loved them. But my frustration point was, well, like, okay, so how? Like, I understand the concept. This yeah. makes sense to me. But how, as you said, it's it can be a big leap. And the first thing is if we if we are couch potatoes and we are very unfit and we decide that we want to go to the gym and get fit, we understand that it's going to be a process. We're mm-hmm. not going to work out one day and now we're fit and we're done and that's it forevermore. Nor are we going to go from where we are, see the dudes curling the big 20 kilo dumbbells and think, oh, I'm going to go pick that up. We probably wouldn't even be able to lift it from the table. And if we did, we'd have injury. So if we're perpetually the yes person and we I've got actually let me describe it here's something I prepared earlier Suze does crappy hand-drawn slides when we have no boundaries this is us like this is you yeah and your weak boundaries you just say yes to everything and and this is what's supposed to be a boundary just kind of looks like some weird like halo as you're like okay today I'm going to focus on me oh no Somebody needs me to bake cookies or pick up their medicine or pick them up from sport or, or whatever. Right. So what tends to happen is we see people who have really good boundaries and we're like, oh, I wonder how I get there. And we tend to pendulum swing from really weak boundaries to really rigid boundaries where we mm. say no to everything. Like we don't even let the person finish. We're cutting them off. No, but the issue right. with this is when you build this wall around yourself you can't you there's no community you can't connect with anybody else because you're isolated and alone so we tend to jump between these two extremes saying yes to everything and saying no to everything not realizing like the discomfort and the resentment of building the middle ground which is the healthy boundary where you have it there and then you can choose like each of these are like a gate 
So you can choose what you let in and what you don't and where to actually start with this. So if anyone's like, okay, I get it. I'm kind of resentful, not happy to admit it. My advice would be to choose relationships that aren't your nearest and dearest. So not your partner, not your kids, not your colleagues, not your boss, but basic things where you don't know the person very well. So I don't know about overseas, but in Australia, we have no plastic bags. So you've got to take your own bags whenever you go anywhere. And for a while, that was such an issue to remember. I've got more recyclable bags than I know what to do with. But you go somewhere and they would say, would you like a bag? It's like 10 cents or a dollar. I was such a yes person. I'd always be like, yes. So practicing in that place, no, thank you. Here's one I brought. Or no, thank you. I can just carry it. Or like really small examples. Or if you go to a restaurant and they're like, would you like a side of corn? Or would you like to see our drinks menu? Or whatever it is. And you're just like, no, thank you. Or not right now. Or I'll like, like practicing getting the reps in, in these non-challenging situations And then if you forget and you've suddenly got 10 more Enviro bags and a whole bunch of corn, all these drinks, yeah, okay. Like being really compassionate with yourself and going, next time I'll try this again. Because these habits that we've built over time, they they become ingrained. So it's just building the new habits is going to take time. And then deciding with your family, friends and that, which thing you're going to start with. Like, so for myself, My husband used to be fly in, fly out. So he would be away for a week at a time, two weeks at a time, and then he'd come home. When he moved home fully and then COVID happened, he actually worked from home. He has not gone back to the office. His job has morphed to be a work from home job. And I remember being really resentful. I was like, I take the kids to school. I pick them up. I make their lunches. I help them with the homework. Like, and he's home and we're both working. But did I communicate this to him? No, I sat seething. Like, he should just know. And fault, yeah. Yes. And my my plan, like, I was like, the first thing you need to do is get clear on what is it you actually want, even if it feels so far away. So I was like, well, what I want is him to do, like, half of it. That, to me, felt fair. We're both working. We're both from home. We both have the same amount of time. And then broaching the subject and talking about and discussing and being open for back and forth like not demanding because that's the only thing too sometimes if our boundaries are really weak then we get really demanding and co-creating this and now it took a few months but now he does the like because we're recording this in the morning so he's made the school lunches dropped them at school he does the morning and I do the afternoon it's fabulous yeah and like you said so much of this work involves appropriate like communication yeah you have to like be able to be in a place where you can even have that safe receptive like mutually beneficial communication occurring in the first place and what I've noticed unfortunately in my case maybe you can help me (laughs) as a coach but like I have gotten to the point where it was deteriorated like currently even in the sick circumstance I'm in as we speak it's almost like in a relationship I have a situation where it's deteriorated to the point where we don't even have that safe environment to communicate in the first place because the resentment is so extreme. And then the other thing that that's been occurring, I like, I liked your diagrams because you had that first one and then you had that second one where you're just like angry. That's the angry, the angry blockade is up. Right. And I'm literally like, I'm never going to see you again if you don't do this like ridiculously small thing that anyone would think was completely trivial. And I'm like telling other people and then I'm the crazy person, but you don't understand the boundary has to be set (laughs) in that extreme, like it's like a pendulum swing, how, how you can even describe. So we're kind of like trying to come into balance and I'm trying to explain to my partner that like in order to even come to that point that there needs to be an environment of safety to even do that because I'm not even safe enough. Everything is just like, it's like the slightest little thing will set me off. And so there's this repeating, repeating pattern where, oh, you didn't do this. And now, and then he didn't do that last week. And then you're just not getting that. You're just not getting it. And so now we're just, and we have to separate, it has to, it has to occur that way. And, and it's almost like, I really struggle with when, when you feel like for me, you kind of described it like there's like a, a, a thing that you, you think about in terms of fairness. Like when you're parenting, like you said, your husband's working, I'm working. And so you kind of have a running calculator. I have a running calculator in my head. I've been accused by therapists of being like, why, why am I calculating everything? And then the other person has a totally different way of calculating things. And I really struggle with implementing the boundary. And then the other person feels like it's an attack now. Like it's it's beyond just a healthy boundary. 
now it's like my, just my basic needs are like, which to me is like totally reasonable, but it's an attack on them. And they're just that, how, how do we navigate that? Because now they're feeling like totally, yeah. Yeah. Like this is such a great question. The victim. Yeah. I teach a program called Why Wait? And we've got a whole module about this very thing. And like one of the myths of boundaries is if like I communicate at boundaries, it means I'm angry. And in the beginning, you may very well be angry because if you've not had healthy boundaries and open communication in this, that resentment and that anger piles up to a point where it's almost like you've shaken up a, I think you guys call it pop, like we call it soft drink, soda, yeah. whatever. You've shaken that up <laughs> to take the lid off. And, and I can think of an example. So my my sister, her and her husband were disagreeing about a lot of things and as you said it's often the smallest thing it's like the straw that broke the camel's back moment I literally and... sent text to that yesterday with a little camel emoji <laughs> yeah so what happened with her is she was renowned for never wringing out the sponge like in the sink she'd just leave it there all wet and that would drive him absolutely bonkers and often there's a little thing like in our household I fold my socks one way and my husband folds his socks the other way and if we fold each other's socks it's it just anyway it's a whole thing but anyway one day he had written in permanent marker on the sink top, ring out the ink sponge. And it was like, whoa. So it's first to go like Carrie saying in the chat, I can relate to that gross. Yes. I'm the person who uses any furniture as a clothes horse. It drives my husband crazy. He's the one who hangs it up and puts it away. So like I'm the messy one. I'll own that. But it's realizing that sometimes if a relationship or something, we have years of built up resentment and also too with parents or children mm. or yeah. siblings like it's not going to be as simple as let's just communicate it and go off into our merry way because also too they have their opinions about things so it, sometimes it can feel like you know we're at loggerheads and in that case the first thing I'd recommend is like even asking are they open to discussing this because I think I was chatting to you about this before when we were just talking that when I first started communicating boundaries with my husband, I'd be like, while well, he's playing the Xbox, <laughs> announcing whatever it is I wanted. And he'd be like, mm, okay, yeah, sure. He'd say anything. He'd say yes to anything. I could be like, can we go to the Maldives? Sure, honey. And then later be getting really annoyed. Cause I was like, but you said, and I was like, where's my place in this? He doesn't have my full attention. So I don't have his full attention. And then asking, like, are you available to discuss this now? And also those words might trigger someone's nervous system, depending on who they are. Like if you send me an email saying we need to talk in the subject line, I'm going to have a huge response to that. So it's knowing who you're talking to. Whereas my husband, he'd love that. He's like, okay, I'm in my work mode now. Let's chat at 8 p.m. tonight when the kids are in bed. And that wouldn't bother him in any way, shape or form. So it's kind of like it depends on the person. But it's kind of realizing that this may be some time in the making and also really being upfront about your part in this. So it's not like when you do this and you always do that and you, I feel frustrated and I would like to discuss this. Are you open to it? I want to, I want to know how you're feeling about this. Like let's find a solution together. So you're not espousing your boundary to them and setting it. You're co-creating like, this is where we're at. Where do we want to go together? Like things, parenting is a great example because often we unconsciously parent either the same way that we were parented or totally the opposite. But then our partner has their own opinions about how they were parented and finding a middle ground can be challenging. And so sometimes the boundary, there is a little compromise is required. But then once you've reached the compromise, that's when the upholding comes, reminding them, like, we had this conversation. This is what we agreed on. Not you're not, you're doing that thing again. That's like pouring gasoline on something and lighting a match. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm, I, and I really, you, you kind of said it before where you're just, you creating such an adversarial relationship. If you're not doing things, th- these things early and often and from the beginning. And I do feel like that is definitely what I was identifying as a problem in my own self. Like, like, you, like just, just butting heads. And then each person is just like, no, not, and then you're down to like, each person is end up giving like less and less in a way, like each time. And now it's almost like I'm in a stage where we remember in the beginning and you were giving more. And then like each person is both feeling the same way and they're both doing the same behaviors, like giving less and less and giving less and less. And then, and then, and then you're just in a, like a adversarial downward spiral. Situation. Yeah. Down, and total often downward that spiral. results from 
when we have poor boundaries or not communicated clearly boundaries from the beginning and then the resentment builds up because if you start dating someone like I'm like I can think my husband loves Japanese animation if, if you love it anyone listening like you yeah, do you anime. but it's not my jam and I remember when we first started dating I was like yeah I'm just not available for this and my sister was like oh will you just go along and pretend and I was like no and how often do we do that we really don't like something and we pretend and then after a period of time we stop pretending and then they're like well in the beginning you used to do all these things so it's sometimes where have we people pleased and been a doormat and then we've changed because to them we actually have changed and I can think of a a, a parenting example so my mum she recently passed but oh, when sorry. when I was young, I thought, I thought, one time I bought her this red linen perfume. I don't even remember why. I think she commented on it or we saw it or whatever. But I bought her this bottle of it and gave it to her for Mother's Day and she sprayed it on. I thought she loved it because she would like literally like shower herself in it. So every Mother's Day, every birthday, every Christmas, I saved up my money. It was a higher end price. But I was like, I'm the best daughter. My mum loves this. Anyway, fast forward like 30 years when I have my own daughter and it's Mother's Day. She comes from the school, we can have those stands at school, Mother's Day stalls, and she's mm. bought me this perfume. It freaking stinks. Like it stinks so bad. And anyway, I sprayed it and I said to her, I, my mum was there, she witnessed this. I said, oh, Xanthi, I love you so much. Like thank you for putting the thought into this gift. I don't enjoy things with scents. I need to pick them myself because I get headaches very easily. So in future, like I love this gift, but in future, can you buy me a notebook or a pen or, you know, nothing that smells? <laughs> and I, I thought, boundaries for the win. Like and my mum, like as soon as my daughter ran off to play, she tore into me. She was like, how dare you? That is so horrible. Do you know how many years I've been wearing white linen? And I was like, use me. So sometimes we think when we're accommodating, when we're doing things, when we're doing something for the other person, and then we find out they don't even like it. So had she said to me all those years ago, actually, thank you so much, sweetheart. I don't like this. How can I buy you what you like if I don't know? So often with our boundaries, how can people know what we like and what we don't like? if we don't communicate it to them. And this is the choose discomfort over resentment. I wasn't comfortable saying to my kid, thanks so much for this present. I don't actually like it. I felt like the world's worst mum, but I also didn't want 30 years of stinky stuff I didn't like. <laughs> right. And you, you knew that that was the, what was going to happen because you did it for your mom. Yeah, that's so true. And uh, yeah, Carrie wrote discussion without blame, right? About relationships and being able to have these conversations without like making the other person feel like they're blamed. And, and, and I like that because it goes back to our childhood relationship with that. And you had an experience where your mom was even like people like pleasing you. And in a way, just even from the beginning, that, that root cause is, is like unhealthy leads to things that are not going to be in alignment with what, what you really like or want, you know? And so it's, it's actually going to create problems in the future. And so I, I, I really, I really see what you're saying with like, especially parenting, you know, and wiring our kids from an early age that they have, you can have these discussions reasonably and your child will then learn, Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's an important lesson in empathy. Like, Oh, okay, I have to understand that mom doesn't like scented things and like, okay, but do it before it starts spiraling out of control, like you said, and, and getting yeah. worse and, and a, worse, Another right? example can be like friends. Like, so say you're like, Suze, there's a new Avengers movie. Like, do you want to go? And I'm thinking I'd rather watch the grass grow. <laughs> Depending on how close a friend we are, I may actually say that. But I could say, thank you so much for thinking of me. I'd love to go to the movies. Is there something else you want to see? Because sometimes if we say yes, because we're like, oh, like I don't want her to think I don't like her or whatever. And then we go sit through. And now there's so many Avengers movies. Can you imagine sitting through your 40th Avenger movie and be like, actually, I don't like Marvel? I know, be like, yeah. What? So like, I appreciate the connection. I appreciate the invitation. I want to spend time with you. Thank you. Or, or a restaurant. Or, or like there's so many ways that we say, oh, next time or whatever. And then yeah. the person asks us and we say next time. And then eventually they stop asking because they think, oh, she's not interested. When the truth is, you just don't like that particular thing. I'd love to go out for a coffee, just not to that place. Or I'd love to go to a movie, just not that one. So I carry yeah. saying kids don't seem to take offense if you tell them young enough. A lot of people don't take offense if you're clear from it in the beginning. Like people who come into your orbit once you have boundaries can self-select in or out. 
like I'm quite a sweary fairy naturally. It's now headed on my website. Like you cannot miss it. That allows some people to be like, actually, she's not for me. But I'd rather them find out then <laughs> than come into one of my containers and I drop an F-bomb and they're like, oh, my God, what have I got myself into? So yeah, anyways, like you might think, oh, she's a diva or she's a princess or she's picky or whatever it is that you think. But also you could also think like she knows what she wants. Like I'm the kind of person, if you're going to be late, I want to, I want a heads up. And if I say we're going to meet at 10, I mean 10. And like mm-hmm. my sister would be like 10-ish. And I'd be like, no, no, 10-ish to you means anytime up to half past 11. So, <laughs> but now with mobile phones and stuff, life's so much easier because you can just text if you're running late. But knowing the, is this a fit for us together? Because other people are looser and then you go really well together and other people are more particular. Like I have one friend, it's so funny. I don't really care about, the crockery or cutlery or setup. Whenever she comes to visit, she brings a bunch of different cheese knives because it annoys her that I use the same knife for all the cheese. It doesn't bother me. I don't mind. She brings the knife, she takes it home. It's all good. But it's just kind of like your preferences. Some people, they don't have to get on board with them, but it doesn't shake them either way. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, Carrie wrote, kids don't seem to take offense if you tell them young enough, right? You just commented on that. And I, that's so true. It's in it. It's like you said, with every relationship, not just kids, it's like nipping it in the bud early. And what I like about the importance of that, and she also wrote, sorry, if you don't want to be touched, we can't be friends. It makes me anxious. I'm a around yes. I can't touch. Interesting. Yeah. Well, physical touch and boundaries are very important. And like, um, yeah, if you, if, and some, I guess it's interesting, Carrie, that you have a you, you said you can't be around people who you can't touch. So if someone is like, no, don't touch me or hug me, then, oh, that person is is weird or you stay away from them. It's an interesting way, like response to to something that makes you uncomfortable. And then, yeah, I yeah, get the, That's I get... such self-awareness, Carrie, for knowing that. Like, it's funny, oh. I am not a big hugger, but then there are people I'll make exceptions for. And that's the thing too. If you know someone well, like in my house, I, I like people not to wear shoes. You take your shoes off at the door. But then when yeah. I go and visit my sister, shoes are allowed. But so if my sister comes, I'm like, for you, it's all right. But like, you get to decide when, like with this healthy boundary, like if I go hang out with Carrie, I might be like, she's like, you want a hug? Yeah, totally. But someone else, I'd be like, yeah, it's a no from me. So you can decide, like your boundaries aren't, they're not concrete. They're not concretized. My husband hates it when I use that word. He's like, it's not a real word. I'm like, set in stone. But they're flexible. So you can choose, are you going to make an accommodation in this case? But as long as it's not against something for you, like if you're like, actually, I just don't touch people. Well, then if that's beyond for you, if that's going to put you into any sort of nervous system stress, then perhaps this just isn't the connection. So you get to decide that. Like I'm thinking there's, as I said, I'm quite a a sweary fairy. In my mum's last few months, she spent a lot of time in hospice. I obviously didn't go in there full Suze. I was very mindful of my language and I spoke quiet and whatever. But in my own space or around my own friends, if you're like, oh, no, you can't say those words in front of me, then I don't really want to hang out here. So you get to decide where and how much you enforce and uphold and where you're like, actually, in this case, I can accommodate a bit. Yeah, totally. And I love what I keep hearing or feeling like we're touching on is that this being authentic, authenticity coming through and in our own work, shadow work, or whatever we might be dealing with. There's so much emphasis on, on authenticity, vibrating in a, like a more authentic state and, and just being in that frequency and in that embodiment of that, you know, authenticity and how that develops in this process, because what you're describing is being more in a balanced, authentic state for who you are, what you need your needs are and then having that self-awareness like you said about Carrie very self-aware to even just know these things about oneself in the first place is is part of this this process of coming into authenticity and what I really liked when you were describing like the importance of nipping it in the bud early is it sounds to me like you're really what what that does is it starts to break down the the ways in which false or false presentation or false perception or even like not you know we know I don't know if you we talk about like narcissism development and how the false persona ends up just creating everything and operating from that space is very is very unhealthy and distorted versus being in authenticity and alignment and so even from a young age when you're teaching your children like okay mommy doesn't let's let's have some sense like 
some empathy towards like what kind of gifts are appropriate rather than like, oh, just just do whatever makes the other person feel good. And then that just perpetuates more and more falsities occurring. Especially until, because yeah. you're doing what you think the other person feels good. So she thinks mommy likes this, so she's buying it. And I think I want her to feel happy. So, but, but neither of us are. Like I can think of another example. There was a client I worked with. She lived quite close geographically to her parents and her and her husband used to have date night and they would ask her parents to babysit. And she thought they love having the grandkids. Like she was like, I'm getting them a chance to bond and whatever. She was quite happy to hire a babysitter or ask someone else but the parents never said. And eventually it got to a point where they're just like, yes, we love the kids, but not every weekend. And then some, a real rift grew there. Whereas if we think, oh, they love having the kids and they want to do this, like, oh, she loves that perfume. I, I bought it for my mom for 30 years because I thought she loved it. Yes. And to find out that they don't, that can be really hurtful for the person because you're like, oh, if I'd have known. So sometimes it's having that uncomfortable conversation. Like in, in business, one of the things before I rebranded and when I was originally a coach people could message me anywhere any time of day anyhow so I'd have people texting me or Facebook messaging me Instagram messaging me WhatsApp like you name it and I felt constantly on call but I never said to my clients where when or how they could communicate with me and often if there's no boundary there and the person doesn't know it's a lot more unsafe to them than if you're like okay so now when people join my program here's when you can message me, here's when you can expect a response back. And mm -hmm. here are the places that I communicate via business. Like I have one client, I'm her client, she's my client, and we're friends. Like I know a lot of people are like, how do you do that? Because I'm like, because we have really good boundaries. So when I chat to her about when I'm working with her, we do it on Telegram. When she chats to me, when we're working about our stuff, we do it on Voxer. And then when we're just hanging out as friends, it's on WhatsApp. And that works yeah. for us. <laughs> Another friend doesn't like that. We're also each other's clients and stuff. So we do everything on Voxer, but we start everything with an emoji. So if it's like the big top hat, like you know, that's a work thing. If it's like a sun hat, here's just a friend thing. So you get to grow these with the different people in your orbit and work out what works for you. And then sometimes you do have to, like sometimes people who were clients who become friends, because that happens and I love that. If they're messaging or if I feel, and I've had to do this more than once, it's becoming coaching, then I have to say, look, I love you fiercely. This feels like a coaching thing for me. If you want to book a session or come into my program again, you're most welcome to. Most of the time they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, of course. And sometimes it does, but it's you you can't expect them to just suddenly know. <laughs> right, yeah, and that's such a challenge because so many I, in the coaching, we talk about like not being friends or coaches, not mixing being friends with being a client. It's it's definitely a fine line. And what I hear you describing also is a lot of breaking down of assumption because like I just read like the four agreements. We talk about the those things. Yeah. <laughs> so that is really harmful to to create assumptions around when like when you can and can't reach out. And so for one person, they're like, that might be totally normal. They're just assuming that this is fine like you said in the beginning, you weren't being clear. And so really you being in a place of knowing yourself and, and creating that is really then making it, making the space so that the assumptions don't create problems in the relationship, because that is very problematic yes. to have those assumptions. And people have, people are wired differently. So their assumptions are automatically different, especially around communication. And sometimes asking for what you want can trigger, activate the other person. And when this happens, like I like to remind people that toddlers are the most demanding creatures on this planet. Mm -hmm. I want the red cup. No, I want the yellow cup. She took my thing. I don't want to do that. I've lost my shoes. Oh, my sock fell off. Do you know what I mean? Toddlers yeah. are demanding, yet we love them. We So we can be upfront and clear with our boundaries. Some might even say demanding. And the people who love us will love us for that. And mm -hmm. the people who are ambivalent or whatever, that frees them up to go and find someone else. So very recently, as I said, my mum, and I didn't know how to communicate it because the days of social media, it's very different sharing things. And my sister, she shared a post and she had like hundreds of, I'm so sorry for your loss. And whenever I see that, I just burst out crying and it just makes me feel even worse. And that doesn't help me. And I was like, I sat with it for a few days and I was like, I don't actually want any condolences. I was like, well, what do I want? And I was like, I want to be reminded of all the good stuff. So I did a post and I basically said, my mom's passed away. 
I'm not open for condolences, but what I do want, if you knew her, what was your favorite memory or what's something that was funny? And I wrote six or eight things that I found funny. And if you didn't, just like a funny story, meme, dad joke, whatever. And my sister was like, people will never go for that. Like you get, and like, I only ended up with one condolence from one person. And then two people told me a couple of weeks later, they're like, that made me really uncomfortable. Like, I just want to tell you how sorry I was and whatever. And about how, when I lost my mom and I'm like, yeah, and that's exactly right inadvertently you're making it about you and I have no space to hold space for you when I'm in my own hole so it's kind of like we want things differently and that is okay but you know you can choose that time to step back and let the person get what they need and it's the same with any sort of communication of boundary there will be people who can't give that to you but there will be heaps of people who can totally yeah and it's like what you're what you're talking about for me is like when you're a child or you're something you're being conditioned in these ways to like either be like people pleasing all the time like that starts really from from the child like depending on how we were parented right like you described toddlers and whether or not they're always given what exactly what they want then they become like it's all about them or they become like yeah, that or they or the opposite, then they're always giving too much all the time. So it's really based off of the the childhood conditioning, right, that we end up operating this way as adults, right? Yeah. And sometimes what is, I think this is the biggest thing, and we haven't touched on this yet. Some behaviors that we learn when we're younger, are healthy and adaptive in that moment. Like if you were young, and you don't know how to communicate, and you require this, you may cow down or people please or whatever, because you need this. But then those behaviors that got you through at that time as an adult are actually maladaptive because people don't know how to be around you. Like I remember when my husband and I were first together, he's like, well, where do you want to go to eat? I'm like, I don't know, you choose. And then he chose, oh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> he chose, oh, I don't want to go there. And he would get so frustrated. He's like, well, where do you want to go? And I was like, well, I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me. So in the beginning, it's hard. I never thought about what I wanted. I just knew what I didn't want. And then mm-hmm. when you start to set boundaries and things, and the other thing that I think is a really great concept for anyone listening, it's from Martha Beck. She teaches this. In, she has a book called Steering by Starlight. And she talks about this thing called the empty elevator. And she said, each of us in our lives, we are on an elevator and there's other people in our elevator. So the way I think about it is when we're starting to set boundaries, we we in order to attract people in who are going to respect them and understand them and ha- also be quite boundaried, we need to let some people off the elevator because our, our car is full if there's no space for anyone else. So when we let these people off, then we move between the floors. So in, for a little while, you're in an empty elevator. You might be like, oh my gosh, I've got no one. I'm alone. I'm so demanding. But then when ding, the doors open and you reach the new floor, then all the people who are like, oh, I love that you're like that. They can get in too. And sometimes what happens is the people that you let off on the lower floors go ride their own elevator and then they meet you again further up. Like I'm sure we've all had times where a friendship or relationship or something hasn't worked out. And then we've come across them a couple of years later, high school reunion, whatever, randomly on the street. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing because we've both grown and changed and shaped and then can meet there again. Right, right. And I love how you're describing it, even like an elevator moving up, because I feel so much of this inner work that we're doing, or people talk about law of attraction or vibrating at higher frequencies. And in that process, the shedding away of whoever doesn't serving you or whatever relationships need to go in that process becomes very important in the in this ascension process moving up and 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 so we're all we're all engaged in this right different levels different spaces different different times to different degrees and also i think the trust part is the biggest bit as you said in the ascension knowing that other people will meet you on the next floor but for a little bit you've got to travel alone or with a a skeleton crew and that feels really lonely but if you're only friends with these people because you're the one who does everything and initiates everything and plans everything like sometimes for a while when you stop reaching out you might have a quiet phone or when you stop making plans, you might have an empty calendar and that's kind of hard, but then you'll meet people who are going to be where you are and then you'll be met in a way that you didn't have before and it will be so effortless and flowing. And obviously disagreements and stuff still happen, but having a a discussion or a disagreement with somebody who's also more strongly boundary. When you said this, I thought you meant that. Oh my goodness. No, I meant that. It's not seen as a personal attack or it's not like I'm trying. The discussions you can have where you fundamentally disagree on things, but you're not trying to convince or make the other person wrong, 
is just amazing. I can see why you think that. I don't, but I'm curious and you can ask more as opposed to like in my family of origin growing up and to this day with my dad, you don't dare disagree with him. Like he'll just like rip into you. So sometimes, and then the people will take your silence as agreement. And Suzanne thinks this too. So then my other sister will ring and go, dad said you. I'm like, what? So it's like choosing where and how and when you engage in things. Yeah, absolutely. Or just, yeah, like you, that that's, and, and what you're describing is also the process when we're in a, like in relationships or dating, and then we have to break up, break up and you have to spend that time alone. And like you said, at first you might not have any dates that night and you're just like stuck on the weekend and you have to kind of heal yourself, but then you're going to attract a partner that's much more in alignment with your new, your new frequency and your new like boundary, like your, 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 basically your new whole being is, is more able to attract at that level rather than at those lower, lower states of being trauma bonded or whatever might be occurring previous to that healing process. Right. And also your thought of and point of view and outlook, like one of my clients, she's single. She went out with with a bunch of single girls. I went to like a bar and apparently this bloke dude came over, spoke to the first one. And she was like, no, thanks. And when it basically made his way around the group and nobody would have a bar of him. And then this last person, she was like, oh, okay. And she, yeah, but you could tell like she was doing the nascent eye roll. She wasn't interested. And at the end of the night, she was like, I only ever attract the desperate types and the needy types and woe is me and whatever. And my client was like, now hold up. That guy tried it with everyone and no one else would have a bar of him or engage with him. You did. You could have said actually no and let him move along. So sometimes we're like, oh, this is all I have, this morsel or this crumb or this always happens to me. And because you allow it, if you're like, thanks, mate, but no thanks. Oh, I don't want to offend them or I don't want to this, but you'd rather talk to them all night and then feel miserable and not actually meet somebody you want to potentially chat to tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. It's so true. And that's where we get into this whole, what we're attracting and, and what we're mirroring and needs needs to heal, right? It's something that's causing you to allow that in, in the first place. And you're going to be the one dealing with it at the end of the night, if you're the one allowing it in, in the first place. And we can, so yeah, it's, it's, it goes back to that thing where it's not about them. At, I mean, it is, he could be a jerk or whatever, but it is at the end of the day, accountability for your own internal state to allow those 100%. things in. Right? And it circles yeah. back to what we were talking about much earlier, choose discomfort over resentment. It's uncomfortable to say to somebody, thanks, but no thanks. If the school calls me and says, we're having an end of year party and I want 50 cupcakes, can you bake them? It's really uncomfortable for me to say no thanks because I want to help and I want to support and whatever. But if I do say yes and I'm like, oh, I have to go to the shop and I have to bake these cupcakes at 40 odd degrees. Like, so which is it? Yeah, and then you're resentful and then the cupcakes aren't going to turn out good anyway, right? That's when they have like bad energy. Yeah, and then they have those nailed it memes. Like my friend and I are on a tear at the moment and we just keep tagging each other. Like, you know, when they have like the beautiful Princess Elsa cake or whatever, this is what it looks like and then your version and it's like (laughs) nailed it. Yeah, so like for me with the school, this is my personal boundary. I don't ever want to sell chocolates or cupcakes or fundraisers. So what I do is I say to them, okay, cool. So they're like $4 a pack and there's 50 packs. So that'd be $200. I don't let my kids door knock. So there's $200 worth of chocolate that I'm going to buy and eat and don't need. I'm like, so let's cut out the middleman. How much do you make per packet? And they're like a dollar. Here's 50 bucks. Do you yeah. like? They're happy they're having a donation. I'm happy I don't have all this chocolate that's going to drive everybody up the wall. So sometimes it's kind of like if you want to be of service, in what way? Or if they ask, can I come and volunteer at the sports carnival? And well, that's not really me. I'm not the one who's going to give the kids a little timers or whatever. In what way could I help that would be useful? Like, yeah, and what you're available for. So like, do you want somebody to contact books in the library? I would love that. I don't need to talk to anyone. But if I have to go and be surrounded by kids and teachers and streamers and whatever. So it's kind of like, what is at the root of this? Or as I said, it's the movie example. Do you, I want to hang out with my friend. I don't actually enjoy the cinema. What else could we do? Could we go to the park? Could we go to a play? Could we find another way to connect there's not just the way that was suggested right it cre- it's creating that win-win dynamic where and, and that brings everyone into alignment versus like being resentful so I, I like your 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 chocolate bar story because how do we how do we make this a win-win the school needs money that you don't want the chocolate like just solve the problem and, and make it make it a win-win and find the solution that that you're not going to take on too much because gosh that's a lot of work you don't want to deal with and the school is just whatever that might be so I think I do find myself 
need, I've, I've been maybe a couple years in this process of doing my own shadow work. And I really, that really makes a lot of sense to me because we, we end up being better off when we assert those boundaries in every area. And it's just, it's just definitely. Well, often other ways that you can connect or help that may be better served. Like, and the other thing for anyone listening to really consider, if you say, Suze, can you be the person who awards the ribbons in the sprinting competition? And I say, yes, even though I don't like it, I don't enjoy it. It's too noisy. My introvert doesn't do well. I actually do them a disservice because if I say no, that frees them up to ask somebody else who it might be a match for. Like I'm thinking yeah. of my dad. He would love that. My dad's a raging extrovert. He'd be like probably running along with the kids and cheering for the ones who are at the back. And he would really shine in that role. And so instead of having someone in there who doesn't really want to be there, keeps looking at their phone and is like, how long do I have to do this for? You have someone there who's like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. Ask me again next year. Right. It's like, I think you're describing that kind of like gut check moment, right? Where people are, when we connect into our more intuitive or intuition versus like in our, in our gut feeling. So you're asked to do something. And if you're, you're in your authentic state, you're going to be like, nope, I'm good. This is fine. You're because your gut's telling you, I don't want to be dealing with this kid's event or whatever carnival is going on. And I love that what you said, because then it opens it up actually to find someone that's much more in alignment and it's going to bring them happiness and improve the whole situation for everyone. So I, yeah, that's so true. I love that example. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this work everyone's going through and tell me a little bit about like who you're working with, because I know you mentioned your clients and you also do to do work with business owners, entrepreneurs, right? People, people learning this work. It's not only just in our personal relationships, because I know you mentioned some examples about how you're managing your time. So when, when people are coming to you, Suzanne, are they, are they already like aware that they have this problem of saying no? Like, are they problem aware in that way? Or where, what are they really coming to try and do with you in this process? It's, it's amazing. Most people have some level of awareness that they're a people pleaser, overgiver, martyr, though not always. It's interesting. I've just finished the current cohort of my program, I have a program called Why Wait. And there's one lady and she's been with me for like eight rounds. And she's like, it wasn't till this time that I actually realized that I'm an overgiver. Because sometimes people think, well, I do say no and I do prioritize myself. But it's just like, but if your sessions go over time or like basically the turning point for her was she had to have a medical appointment because she had something wrong with a tooth. And she was like, I made the appointment at 3.30 and my client was due to finish at 30, at three. So I had 30 minutes and it was a 20 minute walk. So it'd been fine. And she's like, but then I was like, oh, what if a session goes over? She's like, I am an overgiver. So basically it's people who know what to do and just don't do it. They just don't kind of take care of themselves because someone else is always more needy oh, they needed me to do this. And then the things that they'd planned to do, start a business or scale their business or release weight because I used to coach weightless. Basically, the underpinning thing of the people that I work with is that they prioritize everybody else over themselves. And they understand the concept of like fit your own oxygen mask first and stuff. Like we get that intellectually, but in the moment it'd be like, oh no, take mine. And it's like really that journey of that self-first isn't selfish and like when you're like I, I went to medical school I was going to be a doctor I left in my fifth year in Australia at six years and I was like yeah this isn't for me but I remember at that time Tasmania the little state down the bottom of Australia the island is where I lived and in the whole island we only had one neurosurgeon and he had the best boundaries you've ever seen and I remember at the time I, I, I thought he was selfish like I'll, I'll name it now I thought he was selfish and I thought he was horrible and he was like these people who come to see me They've had problems for a lot longer than this. And me missing my kid's carnival or instrument thing or whatever is not going to, like, there's always going to be people who need me. And now, yeah, and that's why he could do it. Everybody else quit, burnt out, couldn't hack it, left. And he was the last man standing, literally, because he was like, no, my kids have a concert, can't work today. And he wasn't flaky or whatever, but he held his boundary and his family and his stuff first and then everyone else. Whereas when we're trying to, like, if you think lifeguard energy, the lifeguard stands on the side and offers the boy the ring that like they, the, the last thing for them is to get in the water. Because if you get in the water with someone who's panicking, they pull you down. So I help people get that lifeguard energy, like stay on the shore, offer assistance when it serves you, but then go have your lunch break. Because if you're standing there the whole time, like I can't have a lunch break, there's no other lifeguard to come on duty. And then you're exhausted 
and you're not doing your job properly, how many people suffer as a result of that? Right, right. Yeah, it, it ripples outward, like you're suggesting. And oh, yeah, Carrie says, yeah, we could all learn from that doctor. Yeah, I think I think he probably had to learn the hard way, right? Because all, a lot of these lessons come when you're first starting out and then everyone all of a sudden wants too much from you and then you're you're burnt out, right? Like you go through, I certainly have had many years of burnout from being in corporate. And it's interesting to see how people will start like managers and things will block off their time. They become less and less available just to keep keep those boundaries. And I feel like, you, you have to almost, you have to really learn to do that. A lot of, a lot of us don't have those skills intuitively until we, we see it modeled for us, or we start to use people as like examples or find mentors or coaches to help us really learn how to actually do that. So what, what is the, what is your program that you have that you said, how, how long is it? And who do you, when are you, when are you doing it? And what, what kind of clients are you working with right now? So it's called Why Wait? You can find all the details on my website, suzannekolberg.com. And it's a W and an eight in the question mark. Like, cause, cause people used to, cause I did weight loss mindset. They thought it was a weight program. And what are you waiting for? Because often we know what we want to do. And we tell ourselves after Christmas, after new year, when the kids are older, I'll, I'll just keep doing this. I'll do it this way until I'm successful. And then I'll change. And then I know what we allow will continue. So it's taught live. The next cohort begins on January 2nd. Because oh, what do we do? We normally start things on January 1st and it's a Monday. And for 2024, it's both. <laughs> January 1st and Monday, the universal day to change your life. So deliberately starting it on January 2nd. That cohort is for eight weeks. And yeah, it's absolutely fabulous. All the details are there. If you want to have a chat to me about it, then you can on my website, scroll down, book a time. Though I'll be really clear. Uh, this is a boundary person speaking. I'm taking off between December 20th and New Year. And it's so funny because like, how can you launch a program and not be there? And I'm like, well, my website's still there. My podcast is still coming up. Like my business is still working, but I'm going to be at the pool with my kids, living my best life and not answering questions. Because in the past, I can not tell you the number of times that I've run calls on Boxing Day. I don't know if you guys call it Boxing Day, the day oh, after, after Christmas Day. Oh, after Thanksgiving. Oh, after Christmas, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> or New Year's Day. I've chatted to people at 6 a.m. and whatever. And now I've like really embraced that doctor's energy that I spoke about. Because the people who come to me, if they need to wait a week or two to talk to me, they've had these issues for however long. Me interrupting time with my kids or moving my schedule. I've never once moved my schedule for someone who's actually followed through and worked with me. Like people like, oh, I don't want to wait to work with her. Then just not my clients. So, and it's, it's just a fabulous program and we have portal. So basically if you sign up, there's a welcome module and a bonus vault. So you can start working through that stuff immediately. And then the live round starts at January 2nd and there'll be a private podcast. Cause I am all about the podcast. That's the other thing I should say, whether or not you're interested in why wait, follow the Nope coach podcast. Or if you go to suzannekolberg.com, click on podcast, you can find it there. It's a daily show. And I'm always open to requests. So if you've listened to this and you're like, oh, I want to know more about something. If you go suzannekolberg.com, click on contact. My contact page is my pride and joy. It's not boring. I just love when people send me messages there. Sometimes people do. I think Carrie did. I just want to send you this because it, it looked like fun. But yeah, I'm moving a lot away a lot from Facebook, Instagram, social media coming into the mm. next year. It's one of the boundaries that I'm setting. So podcast website is email is the best way. Let's go old school. Let's actually talk to someone like a real person and not right. some bot thing yeah and uh, yeah Carrie Rose she's agrees 100% with that so yeah that I mean this is great because you you sound like you're in a position where you're creating lots of healthy boundaries and moving off of social media I think a lot of people really resonate with that because it just becomes too much too overwhelming and you're in this like kind of chasing mentality chasing things chasing this chasing this and then you really want to be more much more in that state of alignment with attracting the people you want to work with who are going to go through your podcast or do the th do do the things that are really creating that relationship so that's so powerful and and I loved how you said that the, the part about the self the self-care or not self first be, isn't being selfish so I'm just curious, and I know we're, we're about to wrap up here, but are you also focused on helping people create like self-care routines and do work on a day-to-day -day basis that really brings yes. about all of these changes? One of the foundational modules, I think it's the first one I do because it's taught live. I change the order from time to time, but we have a module on what I call pennies because have you, I'll ask you, have you heard the saying, would you rather a million dollars right now? Like I gave you a million dollars, here you go or a penny doubled every day for 30 days. 
Have you heard this before? I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. No. Which would well, you rather? rather? I'll take the million dollars. <laughs> it is a trick question, of course. But basically, for anyone at home, you can you can math it out or you could Google it. But you basically, much more. <laughs> a penny doubled every day over 30 days is $5 million. If you oh, don't I read me, I chose wrong. Then work it out. <laughs> in just 30 so the days? Thing is, in just 30 days. And the reason I have pineapples in my branding, like I remember you're like, oh, it's tropical. Do you know how long a pineapple takes to grow? I don't know. Maybe a month. Have, have a stab. A month. Longer. Six months. Longer. What? <laughs> 18 a months. A pineapple takes 18 months to grow, twice as long as a human baby. And this is what fascinates me because why wait? Yes, it's an eight or 10 week program. I play around with the time grounds. But we're setting these pennies in place that we continue to do and that you harvest and at the end of it, you keep doing those habits. That's the whole idea. But self-care, I love the quote by Brianna West, and I share it every round. It's often a very unbeautiful thing. Self-care isn't indulgence, baths and movies and bubbles. I'm not knocking those things, but often mm-hmm. they're aftercare because we're really burnt out. Self-care right. is making the doctor's appointment that you're avoiding. It's reaching out and asking for help when you're really most uncomfortable. It's it's doing the the, the daily things. Like sometimes, depending on where you're at, washing your hair is hard. But if you don't do that over time, but putting these things in place that no matter what's going on externally, and that's another, the whole reason I call the program Why Wait is we're not putting our life on hold for eight to 10 weeks and doing all this stuff and then trying to fit our normal life back into this. In every round, things happen. And how do we navigate that so that we are making ourselves a priority amongst everyone else's stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I love that we brought it back to that level of like self-care isn't always just like roses and easy stuff. Like a lot of this work is like, like even leaning into that discomfort, doing these discomfort, uncomfortable things so that you don't end up breeding that resentment (laughs) over overall. And so that work really, really does become uncomfortable sometimes. So it's that you need that support also and that accountability to really keep going and to make to make it work and to have a successful result at the end of, you know, this time frame because I know it and it takes time, right? It's not it's not a it's not an easy fix for a lot of people it can take Oh, it's not a one and done. Like, it's a yeah. and I think we often see success as like linear, like it's like before and after. And that's another whole module that we talk about is the seasons and cycles. Like life is cyclical. So it's kind of like see life is linear the winter means the end like people fear the winter because it's all over then but it's like cyclical you might be in a personal winter but another spring is coming and it's funny we just literally wrapped around a why wait yesterday a number of people repeat rounds there's no requirement to but a number of people do and there seemed to be consensus like this round was the not enough round like I didn't show up for myself I didn't achieve the things and I was like if you only have 20% to give and you give that 20 you still gave 100% like a lot of people had a lot of big things happen and it wasn't like I've wasted this. It was like amongst all of this, what was happening, I still made time for myself and that's the biggest win. Yeah, absolutely. And I was actually listening to the radio the other day and they, they were talking, they're like, so, so they're talking about like a new study or whatever. They're like t- telling people that instead of working a hundred percent, we should all just work 85%. Because <laughs> I feel like that's the same. It's like, finally, people are getting it that they're like, well, actually, studies show that 85% like people who identify as not working 100% are a lot mentally healthier. And they basically have healthier boundaries is what it's getting It's also at, the lens not- through which people look at you. Like my dad to this day, love him. But he's like, he he's like, you're inherently lazy. And I was like, no, I'm efficient. So if I can get it done in half the time, I'm not just going to sit at my desk and tap away because that's what society's told me is a good thing to do. If I'm finished, I'm going to go read a book, sit in the sun. Like people are like, how do you manage to read so much? I read at least two fiction books a week. I'm like, because I'm efficient. How do you get a podcast out every day? I do what is strong for me. I don't edit. I don't bother with jingles. I just hit record. And if I stumble or I fumble or whatever, next. And some people don't like that. And that's okay. There's heaps, of, there's like 3 billion podcasts or something ridiculous. Go find one of those. But mine's just like, whatever I feel like talking about on the day, I don't have a very big overarching plan. And that's how I like it. And I just trust that people who like it will find it. And people who don't will be like, mm-hmm, she's crazy. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's great. You're doing, you're doing all the things Well, you're just, I mean, you're just basically putting out what's in most alignment with you and authentic to your, to your business and to your person, personality, whatever that might be in your relationships. And 
that work is just so important. So I love that you're modeling that you're teaching people and you're obviously drawing more and more people who are just going to work with you and be in that alignment state, like your, your soul, your soul clients, right? That's what we all talk about. When oh, we're, that's a nice saying. I do work. like that. Yeah, I love that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want. That's what we all want. We want our, our soulmate clients, right? hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I love that, Suzanne. Thank you so much for, for being here. I don't know if we have any last minute questions. I was having a hard time trying to open the chat box, but it's not working. But if anyone has questions, I, where, where can they reach you? I know you mentioned the podcast and your website, but where's the best place? Best place if you've got a know? question, if you go to my website, SuzanneColberg.com, click on the contact page. There's a series of drop boxes that take you through. And one of them is like, I've got a question about like a podcast that you're on and you can mention that you're on this series. And yeah, I will get back to you. Not immediately. It may take a couple of yeah. days. And if you message me between 20th of December and 1st of January, you'll hear from me next year. But yeah, yeah I love to connect via email and I respond. It's funny when I respond, some people write back and go, oh, it's really you? I was like, yeah, like I have a team. I, I do have a very small team, but like I man my own inbox. That's something that I don't outsource. And I love connecting with people, but don't DM me on socials. No, socials is for gifts, memes, jokes, whatever. I don't do any business on social media. It's just so for email, like, yeah, whatever. Website. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great. You have so many healthy habits. I think I'm jealous with some, I need to learn. I need to learn some of these practices for myself because I'm overwhelmed. I have like thousands of unread things and I just, everything's well, so too, You there. lose track. Like you get you a ding track. from somewhere and you're like, because so, my, it's funny. I have really good boundaries, everyone, except um, my husband on terms of things. And like this morning I knew he messaged me and I'm like, where is it? And I'm opening WhatsApp, text message, message. Like, where, so I actually, this is reminding me, I need to get clear with him. It was something about the kids because he was taking them to school where we communicate stuff that needs to be actioned because I don't I don't like wasting time scrolling through all the places so that's why I'm like business is email website and memes gifts and jokes that can be via dm I love it awesome yeah make sure everything's in a proper category that's what you that's how we create those healthy healthy boundaries so that we can operate and not make assumptions or and be accountable for everything that's going on clear communication all of it. We're, we're, we're working so hard on this stuff, Suzanne. I got to tell you, it's, it's an everyday, it's an everyday thing in my world. So I have um, thing I too, don't be afraid to remind people. Like sometimes I say, Oh, just a reminder. Oh, I'm so sorry. And sometimes people will say like deliberately, I know you don't answer DMS, but, and then I just ignore it. You've opened with so it's amazing how many of them will then email me later. <laughs> you answered your own question, right? Oh my gosh. That's funny. Well, okay. That's, that's awesome, Suzanne. I loved hearing about your program. I'm so excited that it's actually coming out in a, in about a month, three weeks from now. So this is great timing for anyone listening. I'm going to send out the, the replay of this recording to everyone who, because we did have quite a few people registered. And I don't uh, know if in, people in, had in, issues in, getting on. I did, but maybe it was just my end, but I managed to figure it out. I had to log into yeah, Zoom know, and then I, hit I join meeting and type it in manually. So it was hmm. Zoom. I don't know. It's, it seems to be a Zoom thing. Like, I don't, I don't know if I, I'm actually having issues right now pulling up even like I'm clicking on the participant, the chat box isn't opening. I don't know. Maybe something's in retrograde. I don't keep up with all that stuff, but whenever yeah, my tech goes, Mercury I'm like, something's in retrograde. <laughs> it is from the 7th to the 13th of December, I believe. So I'm watching oh, all the, the TikTok astrologer and we're in Mercury retrograde. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my God. I'm so funny. You said that. Well, Thank you so much, Suzanne. Any final words you'd like to share with our audience or wrap it up? Any final words of wisdom for, for our as listeners As cliche here? as it sounds, be really kind to yourself. Like we often are our own worst critic and we can get really down on ourselves. And when you start to do this work, because it is work, as you said, we, when we, we're going to forget in the beginning or someone's going to like totally override us or someone might get a little bit snippy when we say, actually, I don't want to do that anymore. But it's like holding the ground and it's building the muscle. So it's just getting the reps in. Remind yourself of the gym analogy. You're like, I've just listened to Suzanne who can dumbbell metaphorically, not physically, like 20 kilos. And I'm currently at one kilo. It's going to take a hot minute. Pineapples take 18 months to grow. Strong boundaries take time too. And they're so worth it. I love that. Pineapples. Well, it makes us remember it. That's right. I'm going to be a pineapple right now. Yeah. Yeah. Pineapples. <laughs> yeah. They're worth waiting. Golden fruits with crowns are worth working towards. Yeah. And Carrie said, treat yourself like your best friend. And yes. that's so true. Love, like put yourself first and, and hold that line. Like, man, I'm holding the line right now with my boundaries and I don't know what's going to happen. And then we get in, we don't even talk about that, but then you get into this whole detachment problem where you have to be detached from the outcome because you're holding the line oh, yes. and you don't know what the universe is going to send you next. <laughs> 
sometimes I think the universe does send you a little kind of like nudge, like, are you for real this time? So sometimes things get harder before they get easier. So it's kind of like you might be in a winter, you might be in a harder season, but then from there, next time you could have a real boom crop. So sometimes it's just kind of like, do you really want this? Check, check, check. Like a person checks a microphone before they speak. And yes, I do want this. And then from there, it's easier. Right. And then we all, then, and then the, then, then the abundance flows in, right? So when we're in that, when we're in that more balanced, aligned state where we're accountable and we're not, we're, we're, you don't feel selfish anymore. Like it's funny in in my program, it's end of year time for us. Like our school year goes on the calendar year because of seasons is different in Australia. I had to reschedule a lot of things because kids had award ceremonies or, or assemblies or things. I didn't feel guilty in any way, shape or form. And sometimes it was short notice because the school didn't tell me, but I just said, look, the school hasn't notified me till now. The kids are getting an award. I'm going to that. I'm moving the call. And people are like, oh, that's Sue's schedules her stuff around her kids. They know that. They knew that signing up. I, I say it all along. So when you communicate your boundaries, they're not a surprise for people. Totally. Yeah, that's right. We got to we got to do it from the beginning. Well, I, I love everything we talked about. I mean, it's so true. And so many of us are, 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 are dealing with these issues every day. And I, I just I do believe more and pe- more people are becoming more aware of the people pleasing problems that, that maybe are wired within themselves from childhood, even if they're not people pleasers in one area of life, you can totally be be struggling with that in other areas, you know, so being self aware and identifying where these problems come from is so important. And then working working on these issues with a coach and in a program and with support, it's just so important. So I'm, I'm so excited for all the work you do, Suzanne. I'm so so grateful for you to, you to be here today and share thank it all Thank you so with much us. for having me. Yeah, thank you. Okay, great. Well, anyone who's interested, I'm going to send out the replay and you can contact Suzanne on her website. And my website is adinamovana.com. I'm going to have these recordings available there too as well. So thank you so much, Suzanne, for joining us today. And if anyone has any questions, you can follow up with us. But otherwise, we'll we'll, we'll hope to have you again in the future and have this have even more conversations about boundaries and saying no and all of these important things because we're, we're all working it'll be amazing. It. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode today. Please share your biggest takeaway with me via our community. For new listeners, thank you for tuning in. I invite anyone to explore the resources, links, and show notes available on my website, www.adinamovana.com. If a topic or discussion piqued your curiosity or interest today during the show, you can easily find it there at that website. And if you have any specific topics you would like me to cover, feel free to email me at em at adinamovana.com. Thank you again for joining me today. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week on Into the Light.